What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you had an absolutely amazing weekend. It was a very full weekend in the world of pro wrestling. Obviously, we will get to all of that. But first, as always, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. Whether you are following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show, thank you so much. Or if you are subscribed to our podcast, wherever you check us out, Spotify, Google, Apple, thank you so very much. These moments mean an awful lot. And while I'm here, let me say thank you because we got a lot of response from the very special episode that we released this past Friday where my good brother, Courtney Beard, who is a faction original, came to hang out and kind of altered the way the show was going to go. I really wanted to just kind of obviously have him on, do what we do. But he altered the show and took some time to talk about my journey as a pro wrestling commentator now three years in. And if you missed that, you have to go back and check it out. I think you will find a lot of great inspiration. I think you'll find just some wonderful behind the scenes things in terms of how that moment happened and the like. So go back, check it out. And I've seen so much feedback from that. Thank you guys so very much. But today's not about me. Instead, it's about what's been going on in the last few days in the world of pro wrestling. So what we're going to do is give you a quick recap of Ring of Honor's final battle. We'll give you a recap of NXT deadline. And then we'll talk about some late breaking news because there's really been a lot going on. And I want to make sure we spend some time dialoguing about that. But first, let's talk about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor final battle 2022 took place this weekend, took place in the Dallas, Texas area at the College Park Center, and it was significant for a number of reasons. The final card for Ring of Honor in 2022, and I'll explain the significance of all of it in a little bit. I want to go through really quickly the results and then talk about the really big moments. First and foremost, There was the Zero Hour, which started before the pay-per-view. Zero Hour saw Jeff Cobb defeat Mascara Dorada. The Jericho Appreciation Society, that is, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker defeated Eli Isom and Cheeseburger. Willow Nightingale defeated Trish Adora. And Top Flight got a big win over the kingdom. Then we get into the main card, and the main card went down like this. A.R. Fox and Blake Christian get a big tag team win over Roosh and Dralistico. Athena defeats Mercedes Martinez to win the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Swerve and Our Glory get to win over Shane Taylor Promotions. The Embassy wins the ROH six-man tag team titles, defeating Dalton Castle and the boys. Wheeler Yuta defeats Daniel Garcia for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship in an insane, and I do mean insane, match. The Briscoes defeat FTR in a double-dog collar match to become the new Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Samoa Joe successfully defends the Ring of Honor TV Championship against Juice Robinson. And Claudio Castagnoli defeats Chris Jericho by submission to regain the Ring of Honor World Championship. Okay, so let's talk about a few things surrounding Ring of Honor Final Battle. As a wrestling card, 
fantastic in-ring action. No doubt about it. It's always great to see the combination of Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman, who was a friend of the show and a friend of mine. It is always a joy to see them in the commentary booth. And if you're unfamiliar, Ian Riccoboni, in addition to Ring of Honor, is also doing quite a bit of work in New Japan with New Japan Strong out on the West Coast. Of course, we see Caprice Coleman on AEW at times and, of course, representing Ring of Honor. Seeing them back together is really, really special. Interesting to me, and again, just kind of a high-level view, Almost all of the championships changed hands, which is certainly a big deal. Shout out to Athena. Athena wins her first world championship, becoming the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion and the first African-American woman to become Ring of Honor World Champion. And just as a side note, just think about where we are in the world of pro wrestling right now. Three black women hold three major championships in our sport, whether it's Bianca Belair as the Raw Women's Champion, whether it's Jade Cargill as the TBS champion and now Athena as the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. The game has changed significantly and there's a lot to be said for that. So congratulations to Athena. We'll get into the significance of reality of wrestling in Booker T because this ended up being a big day for him as well. Again, more championships changed hands. In fact, every championship except Samoa Joe's changed hands. So let's talk about Samoa Joe, the only guy to retain a championship at ROH Final Battle. He is now calling himself the king of television and perhaps the best move of all happened during the media scrum where he required everyone who asked him a question to refer to him as his excellency, your highness, king, something along that nature. And everyone did. Made for great, great moments. I like scrums like that. So shout out to him. But yeah, every other championship changed hands. The six-man tag titles changed hands. The tag championships. Now, this is interesting to me as well. Here's why. First of all, FTR and the Briscoes have given us three, count them, three match of the year candidates all this year. Every match they had at Ring of Honor this year was nothing short of phenomenal. And quite frankly, it's worth watching those pay-per-views all over again just to see the trilogy of matches here between these two competitors. But here's where things get interesting. It is well documented that right now, really no national television promotion wants to have the Briscoes on their screens because of some comments that the Briscoes have made over time. So what does it mean then that Ring of Honor now has their tag team championships on the Briscoes? I think it's a great question. So in case you have not heard, the future of Ring of Honor looks like this. We are seeing the return of Honor Club. Honor Club was Ring of Honor's streaming service that while Ring of Honor was under the old regime, it housed their pay-per-views and housed their entire library. Their entire library will still be there. It'll only cost $9.99 a month, which is not unreasonable. However, what the world wants to know is where will the new Ring of Honor content be held? Well, we don't have an answer for that yet, nor do we have an answer for when we'll see the next Ring of Honor event because there is no formal TV deal as of yet. All we know is that Honor Club is returning. We're told that there will be a number of 
partnerships that are coming between Ring of Honor and other promotions such as New Japan, Pro Wrestling Noah, DDT, and those announcements are supposed to come our way following Wrestle Kingdom 17, which is, of course, January the 4th. So there are a lot of questions. What do these title changes actually mean? Oh, there's one other really important piece of news. That is Ring of Honor is going to be appearing less and less on AEW television now. So on one hand, that would seem good if that means there is an imminent TV deal for Ring of Honor. But we have absolutely no proof of that. There was also this misnomer that was going around that was saying the reason we don't have an ROH television deal is because Tony Khan is not the sole owner of Ring of Honor. That's not true. The sale went through fully in May, even though he announced it in March. It went through in May, making him the sole owner of Ring of Honor. So it has nothing to do with him not owning Ring of Honor. He owns it all. He just hasn't made a decision about it. So there's that. Ring of Honor, again, final battle, a great pay-per-view. I think there is a solid roster if we even know who is Ring of Honor versus who is AEW at this point. I don't know. I don't know if the lines were drawn there at that pay-per-view or not. We'll see. Be that as it may, great showing from Ring of Honor. I look forward to another Ring of Honor show. Not sure when that will be, though. On the other side of things, the WWE, on the exact same day, presented NXT Deadline with a brand new match concept called the Iron Survivor Challenge, where five people would battle in ring over 25 minutes. The one who comes out with the most falls wins and becomes the number one contender for the NXT championship in their division. On the women's side, we saw Roxanne Perez become the first Iron Survivor, defeating Cora Jade, Indy Hartwell, Kiana James, and Zoe Stark. Isla Dawn defeats Alba Fire. The New Day defeats Pretty Deadly to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Grayson Waller becomes the men's Iron Survivor winner, defeating Axiom, Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, and Joe Gacy. Last but not least, Braun Breaker defeats Apollo Crews to retain the NXT Championship. So right off the top, let's just say I love the Iron Survivor Challenge match. Anytime you're debuting a new match concept, it can get a little tricky. It can get really tricky if we're honest. If it's not done well, if the concept is too complicated for us to understand and the like, but that was not the case. I think NXT did a great job of keeping score. Those 25 minutes moved incredibly fast. All sorts of scenarios started running through your head. Just perfectly executed. I loved this match. And I know NXT will be smart and not overdo it or overuse it. But yeah, it is everything. I love it, love it, love it. I mentioned before it was a big night for reality of wrestling and Booker T because Booker T had two graduates who had significant wins. Athena wins the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship and then Roxanne Perez wins the Iron Survivor Challenge. He was overcome with emotion. Nah, he really was. And I shout him out for being that transparent and being that vulnerable. It was a big night. It proves that your training champions, Booker T, 
Congratulations to you, sir. I enjoyed NXT Deadline from start to finish. And then the wrinkle in everyone's plans. The New Day becoming the new NXT Tag Team Champions. It does several things. First and foremost, it really lights a new fire in the men's tag team division over in NXT. Certainly some new blood, new potential for new matches. But then on top of that, it allows the New Day to also become triple crown winners in WWE, winning the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT Tag Team Championships. It also brings Kofi Kingston to the top spot as the wrestler with the most tag team championships in history. He now has 15 That bests Edge and Booker T at 14, and ironically, it puts Xavier Woods at number three on that list with 13 championship wins. This is awesome. I love it. This all felt really, really good to me. Admittedly, I was surprised that Carmelo Hayes did not win the Iron Survivor Challenge. However, in comma, there's a part of me that feels that they may be waiting to pull the Carmelo trigger for Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania week for him then to challenge for the NXT Championship. It'll be interesting to see how all of this goes. I do like Grayson Waller as the winner, and I'm interested to see what happens if he actually becomes the guy to dethrone Braun Breaker. I'm here for it. I'm interested to see how all of this pans out. And of course, NXT has their next premium live event, uh, Valentine's Day weekend for NXT Vengeance Day, where they're actually traveling to Charlotte. They've not done much traveling since the 2.0 era. So this is going to be exciting to see what happens to NXT. So there's a really big piece of news that I want to share. And I'm going to do that after a quick break. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen? to the idea. And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Word a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. 
so many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a them and there is a you, there will always be a S-H-W. Out. You better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming. To Championship District Wrestling, join us this Sunday, December 18th for Championship District Wrestling, live from District Atlanta, with special start time of 1pm. We've got seven big matches in store, including a CTW Battle Royal, where the winner receives a future match against the former NXT Tag Champion. Ashley Dambois versus Charlotte Renegade in a singles match. A triple threat match featuring Vari Morales, Kit Sackett, and Ray Jazz. Top team battles Exotic Youth in a trios elimination match. Earns the Cat Miller returns to team up with Diamond Sheik, Jamison Ryan, and Ben Bishop in an eight-man tag team match against the Infantry and the War Horsemen. The war between Angelica Risk and Robin Renegade comes to a head in a last woman standing match. And in our main event, WWE Hall of Famer and AEW star Billy Gunn teams up with the Factory's QT Marshall to take on CYN Psycho Boy Fodder and EC3. Plus a special appearance by Santa Claus and so much more. Don't miss another exciting CDW show. Get your tickets now. This is a total package Lex Luger and you are turned into the Faction. Okay, so some really, really big news to share, and it involves Vince McMahon. First and foremost tonight is the first look that we get at a new documentary on Vince McMahon coming from the folks at Vice TV. It airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Should be very interesting. It is supposed to chronicle the life and times of Vince McMahon up through his departure from WWE. Now, many have asked, okay, how honest and open and upfront will this be? Well, we'll find out. Because it is not produced by WWE, I definitely think that they will be a bit more forthcoming and perhaps objective. Maybe or maybe there won't be a slant in one direction or another. There is another documentary that is coming by way of Netflix, which is partnering with WWE on it. So I wonder, again, how honest either of these will be. The only way to find out, of course, is to at least start watching the Vice one, which airs tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on Vice TV. As that has happened earlier today, a big story dropped courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. We shared this story on our socials, but we actually get to put some dialogue to it. So here's the deal. There are now new legal demands facing Vince McMahon, and they are coming from two women who allege that he sexually assaulted them in a November 3rd demand to Mr. McMahon's representative. A lawyer for former wrestling referee Rita Chatterton has asked for nearly $12 million in damages after she publicly accused McMahon three decades ago of raping her in a limousine. Now, McMahon has long denied these allegations, and this letter was actually reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. Then in a separate November email to McMahon's attorney, a lawyer for a former spa manager has said that McMahon assaulted his client in 2011 at a California resort, an incident that had been previously unreported in the media. 
So the reader chattered in situation had been reported previously, but now there is a new demand for it. But then this situation that happened in California, that is previously unreported to the media. So all of this becomes very, very interesting. We know what happened earlier this year as McMahon ultimately retired from WWE as its CEO and chairman amid investigations of sexual misconduct that he had reportedly paid more than $12 million in secret settlement since 2006. And there's a lot of other things in this article, but perhaps one of the biggest pieces of news that's kind of buried in this article is this. The fact that Vince McMahon is actually giving talk to potentially returning to WWE. So apparently he has told people that he intends to make a comeback at WWE. He said that he received bad advice from people close to him to step down and that he now believes the allegations and investigations would have blown over had he stayed. This is according to a number of people that are familiar with McMahon's comment. So what are your thoughts on the potential of Vince McMahon attempting a comeback to WWE? Personally, I think this could get very, very messy. The trajectory that WWE is on right now is trying to move past the Vince McMahon era and the Vince McMahon debacle. If you have been paying attention, McMahon's name and image has been appearing more on WWE television than it did during the summer after his retirement. I thought that perhaps it could be getting us ready for an induction into the Hall of Fame. But if we're looking at a potential return from Vince McMahon, I don't see how there's going to be coexisting from a business perspective between McMahon, Stephanie, Nick Khan and Triple H. The entire company looks different now. So this all gets extremely interesting and it's almost too soon to make a judgment call on it. So we will keep you posted on what potentially could be going down here. This looks like it could be something very, very serious. So we'll keep you posted on what's happening with this. Remember again tonight, the Vince McMahon documentary on Vice TV. And then stay tuned because we are doing a number of things getting ready for our year in review. We've already started a year in review on WWT Live, which you can check out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Follow the Women's Wrestling Talk podcast channels. All right, we're going to get out of here Blockbuster news, as we mentioned, want to hear your thoughts on the socials on the potential return of Vince McMahon to WWE. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack of the Fourth Horseman, John Murray. I am Gerard Bonner. This is The Faction. I lead my people. Here we go.